back from the Gold Game Design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Hello, Trevor. Hello. How goes it? It goes pretty well. We haven't recorded like this for a little while. Yeah, we're back on uh, opposite sides of a screen, as opposed to being mm. in person. Uh, which yeah, is- I, went, I went to the city today, and I thought, I'm going to be rather tired if I go out and <laughs> <laughs> no that's all right but, um, it, it might mean that uh, tonight is not quite as wild as it's occasionally been the last few episodes so um but one thing it does mean we can do which we haven't done in a while is we can do some click movies i don't do do we ever have a name for this segment <laughs> no it's just Random movies. Yeah. Random movies. So this is where we <laughs> movie base games. Yeah, we have a random movie generator in front of us, uh, and on the count of three, two, one, movie. We're gonna. Yep. One of us. Well, no, we're each gonna get a movie. Uh, we are each gonna get a movie. We gonna, may mash them together. We, we may just choose one. Exactly. And we're gonna use. It may be that we think of what the video game adaptation of that movie would be, or we might just take the title or premise and make a brand new story and video game from it without relation to the actual movie itself uh just a jumping off point yep so let's do it three two one movie three two one movie i have disenchanted malcolm x (laughs) okay (laughs) i mean (laughs) If, if if you if you're looking for two sides of a spectrum, <laughs> you know, yeah, one being infrared, one being ultraviolet. <laughs> the, you know, the, Malcolm X is, you know, the the opposite I'm, of disenchanted. I'm not sure how well, yeah, we'd go about mashing them up. If I knew a bit more about <laughs> about Malcolm X and the history there, and uh, is that like the Black Panthers and stuff? I don't know. Uh but yeah. we could we could take something from the title, or we could or have it let's and just, just disenchanted. go disenchanted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So, I mean, for those who uh, who know who are in the know, it's the sequel to Enchanted, which was a Disney, you know, uh, animated slash live action film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we just maybe take the title though. We could maybe take the idea of, of going into a different world like that. That could be interesting. Or like the cross. Maybe we need, maybe this is a, or the opportunity to do a Toonstruck style live action <laughs> and animated uh, game. Only on one condition. Yeah. It's got Christopher Lloyd in it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but he's a voice of an animated character. He's not the. He's not the live no, action he's, one. No, he's, he's not the live action one this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I quite like that. Um, I do, I do like the idea of it being a sequel to a game that hasn't come out. Okay, so it's so, like a pre sequel. Well, it's it's a it's a sequel. They reference everything that happened in the first game. Yeah, it's just it never came out. It just it's kind never of like happened. the Star Wars of <laughs> yeah. of adventure games. It's kind in of the, like the Leg- comes out the of Suit Larry Five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where they reference Legend Suit Larry Four, the, mi- the lost the, the lost floppies or the missing floppies. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah, I I like that. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Let's. Okay, so who plays our live action? It's funny, actually, because the same way that Toonstruck did it, having a live action character in a video game 
is a weird sort of feat in and of itself because having any sort of full motion video or, or whatever uh, in there is, is still, you know, seems out of place and, and, and a bit weird. Obviously, it could be better these days. Um, I guess Very we do so. have the option of not doing full motion video. No, fuck that. Full motion video. You full motion way. video? All right. Yeah. I mean, how else are we going to get in front of Justin McElroy? <laughs> yeah, true, true. We need to get it. I'm sure he'll bring back his uh, FMV review or whatever it was for, for our game. Yeah. 100%. Maybe we can get Justin. Maybe Justin is the the character. <laughs> maybe it's Justin McElroy playing the live action character. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. Okay. I like it. His I reckon brothers, he'd be down for it. His brothers have been captured and turned into cartoons. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all effectively cartoon characters anyway. Yeah. And, okay, so Christopher Lloyd plays- The villain. The villain, yeah. Yeah, in a- in Very, a, in very a much a Judge Roger Doom. Robert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the but thing. But he's the cartoon version, like- Yeah, this is I, it's not it's the so same cool. character. It's, you know, we're not taking no. him in the exact same toon, toon world. I think, I don't know, is there a different- Is there even a different sort of style or a different way we can think about animated characters that's not the kind of- Typical Looney Tunes, Disney-esque okay. sort okay. of thing. Pixar-style animation as okay. in 3D, and they used that that um, that new um, technology that was used in uh, Seventh Guest VR with the um, with the live motion. Oh, capture. okay, okay. So, so you got some live sort of- people in 3D who are who are somewhat interacting with. Yeah, you know. A, a Pixar-y world. Is it a or VR least, game you know, then, or we just use that same sort of tech to make them in a 3D? It's more about the the, the some, same sort of tech and, yeah. like, yeah. it feels like they're actually in the space yeah. as a real person, but... But it's essentially FMV projected onto some sort of 3D yeah. geometry in the world. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it really worked well in, in 7th Guest VR, so I'm thinking that that would actually work quite well for, yeah. you know, the new style of FMV game. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and then I like the idea of them going into a Pixar-esque animated uh, world, since that is also the modern, you know, animation. Yeah, definitely. And it does, I mean, we say Pixar, but it can be, you know... Yeah, I just mean, 3D animated... 3D animated, it could even be uh, something similar to Journey to the Savage Planet that had really good mm. um, cartoony animations and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. for all the, all the monsters and and different things. I do like the idea of um, in the first game, what, I ha- what happened is like one of these toon monster things came out and was doing stuff in the real world. Right. And in the sequel, it's- It's the opposite. Um, okay. It's the opposite. Okay, so- <laughs> And the reason why is, we're not doing- Is the we character- We didn't do the first one <laughs> is because the technology for realness doesn't exist yet, just like the technology for the Clone Wars didn't exist in 1977. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. It'd be pretty hard to make a game set in the real world with one animated element. Um, although you could start doing that with AR now. Actually, but mm. maybe maybe we do that. Maybe in the same way, it's the we we do episode <laughs> one <laughs> later <laughs> when the technology's caught up. 
is this a story about the McElroy brothers <laughs> or is it just that we have Justin McElroy playing a character and it's a completely different setting? Cause I could, I could see it go both ways. I, I can definitely see it go both ways. Um, I mean, there's nothing, nothing that I'd love more than for him to interact with characters played by his brothers. Yeah. Or himself. Or himself. Like he comes and across himself. Count Donut. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what's the fucking perfume guy? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> can't remember the name. Um, yeah, I mean, that could be a fun McElroy-themed game. Yeah. Uh, so, in so okay, so in episode one, what they always reference is that one of these cartoon creatures, did they accidentally summon it in, like, an Adventure Zone episode or something? <laughs> <laughs> they like opened a portal to the cartoon yep. world. Okay, so so the opening of the of the the original game was literally no um a filmed version or even even a stage version, a stage version of mm. the Adventure Zone live, you know, and at the end, at the end of the first break, you know, or what it, what it, However they do it. I can't remember. I haven't seen a live thing in a long time if they do an intermission. But either way, um, they they have some pyrotechnics that go off. Yep. And Clint is no longer there and it's being replaced by a um a, a, cartoon. a fuzzy, fuzzy cartoon monster. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Voiced by Clint. Voiced by Clint. <laughs> yeah. They just happen to except it's his uh it's his Merle voice. <laughs> Um. So any anyway, in the in the sequel, in the, sequel the game we're he's, actually he's doing, now yeah. he's now being transported because of what happened at the end of the first game. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, they don't talk too much about it. No, it they like, got Clint back. Um, they you know got the 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 cartoon all the all the cartoon monsters back through the portal. But Justin got sucked in, and yes, he's now in in That's this the cliffhanger from the last one. Yeah, yes. He's now in this uh, magical world and they're trying to work out how to get out. Yeah. Uh, they keep referencing, you know, these amazing adventures, but don't go into many specifics. No, we don't want to ruin those who haven't played the first game since it doesn't exist yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in fact, they don't, they just allude to the fact that Justin, you know, got sucked through in, into the portal. Like they don't even they don't even show that happening. It's just oh yeah, no. You start it's, and it says you know there's a big crawl that says you know six months after the <laughs> after the incident. <laughs> it's got a it's got an epic orchestral version of Montaigne's song <laughs> going yep. in the background, <laughs> instrumental, <laughs> and it, it's like a Star Wars crawl yeah. except it's coming down from the top for some reason. Yeah, it's the opposite. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you got to read it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I like no, actually, it, it goes across sideways in the style of Griffin's thing in the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, yep. It's just a big LED board yep. thing, and it's just you, you're reading it one like one, one word, word at a time. <laughs> oh, I hope our listeners uh, like my brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the idea that Justin, it's, it, I don't know if it's that time goes different or it's taken this long, but like the game opens and Justin's been there for like 18 months. 
He's like- I said six, but 18 months is even better. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if you meant like- uh, yeah, I guess that, I guess you do yeah, say yeah. six, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think he's started to make a life for himself there. Like he's basically yeah, yeah, yeah. given up hope that anyone's gonna, <laughs> gonna come and find him. Uh, but then something happens and like Travis manages to, to send something through or send a message somehow that gets him going again to kind of try to find his way out. I, I think what also happens is the, um, the villain of the piece is, uh, seem to be pulling strings behind the um, behind the curtain, as it were, mm. and kind of almost like a Monkey Island sort of thing, where you keep on cutting back to, you know, this villain's fortress, and you see, yeah, see the different things. Um, I like the idea of, uh, well, may yes and no whether um Justin is able to actually see. <laughs> see that in glimpses like right. you know, oh my god i feel like i've just <laughs> like i've just cut away for a moment <laughs> what am i in family guy <laughs> i think um, is the villain the villain's name is the rigger because he like has control over the 3d models <laughs> of the other characters <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think that's where you know the game starts but then the game is very much a 3d point and click adventure yeah yeah i think i think like i mean you you can do some moving camera stuff then if you've got this this uh 3d tech from seventh guest um so you can be a little bit more cinematic about things and you know you know justin's gonna put in a good performance Mm -hmm. get some nice voice acting in there yeah and i i think just having um sort of I, I would love full 3D worlds kind of similar to what um, back in the day, you know, Gabriel Knight 3 tried to do, yeah. which is where you you control the camera and you can sort of fly around and, and select what you want to actually do within the world mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. But I think it could be done better now than what they could oh, do back then. Oh, I mean, without any doubt, yeah. <laughs> that was all the time. But we will still I mean, have a we will still have a puzzle where you have to make a mustache from like putting glue on a fence or whatever and have a cat <laughs> go through it or whatever that fucking puzzle was. <laughs> the fucking tape in the cupboard and all that sort of thing, yeah. if I remember right. Yeah. But God, that that game was just <laughs> I hate it's time. Gabriel Knight like Gabriel that. Knight was good, but like Oh, I can't believe what they did to the first game. Like the first game is the only one that actually really made sense. Um, three to one movie. Yeah. Underworld. Princess protection program. <laughs> I'll give the okay. synopsis of this one. Uh, cause we might want to use some of it. When her nation is mm-hmm. invaded, a young princess is taken into the princess protection program. A lot of peas in that. She's relocated to Louisiana, where she stays with a covert agent and his tomboyish daughter and must learn how to behave like an ordinary teenager. I kind of like that, but this is set in, but she, like... But she's a vampire or a werewolf. <laughs> well, I was I was thinking you just... It's underworld. You know, it's sort of like you've got um, that seedy sort of element. Like, yeah, so Underworld of Arizona doesn't have to be is, doesn't have to be vampires and werewolves. It can literally just be. Well, I mean, a big part of that. Oh, you, so you're not saying take the actual movie 
side of underworld, just the idea of the underworld. Yeah. Okay. Is this like some like crime lord's daughter or something then that's been put into protection and has to live like a non criminal <laughs> um or vice versa. Or vice versa. Exactly. Um now has to has to live as per royalty and she's tested all the time by, you know, having lots of mattresses and having a pee under it. <laughs> and if if she can feel it all the way through then she's a princess. <laughs> I mean, I and think they test her each night. Like, I think there's enough peas in the title. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I kind of like this idea. What I see this as as sort of maybe more of a um, Skyrim styled RPG. Oh, okay. I was going to go in a very different direction um, to like a two D. Side scroll a platformer because I feel like the story is is pretty light <laughs> on the ground. Um, but we could go deep. We could go deep and go RPG. Yeah, maybe it's a two D side think- scrolling platformer RPG. Where <laughs> <laughs> you're traveling through dungeons and then you get to the overworld and you can sort of, you know, every t- every time that you find a an entrance to the underworld, like you you find out a little bit more. Mm. You um. You find some of the magical uh, princess like um, gear <laughs> that you can, you know, Metroidvania style, <laughs> <laughs> like gives you access to to new sections and within that those previous, yeah, you know, yeah, you go back through underworld sections that you've gone through. Yeah, a lot of backtracking. <laughs> okay, how can we bring in the princess elements? So sorry, let me let me get the story straight. You're the daughter of a crime. Boss, boss, yep. Who has somehow been taking taken to become to be a princess? Yes. Okay. How like is that because you're in essentially witness protection to like testify against your father or something? Yeah. And as part of this princess protection program, right? Um, it's like they actually they'll never look think to find they, you as a member of the royal family. Yeah. Of of um, some country, like I, I think it's kind of like a princess in the pauper sort of sort of thing, where you know this um, you happen to look very similar to oh uh, yeah okay to this uh, royal royal blood. There are definitely other, there whatever. are definitely teen movies like that. Yeah. Um, so it you were selected for this program, but uh, the only way that you can actually become a princess is if you've got all the um all the seven magical items that um that you know make you a princess yeah i.e the grappling hook and the um (laughs) (laughs) the double jump (laughs) no i mean everybody knows you can't be a princess without a double jump (laughs) you need the big fluffy dress like princess peach to float down from things or the yeah. umbrella, or the umbrella, either the way. glide. Like you can, yeah, you do both. It's it's double glide, yeah. Like you oh, can yeah, glide not only double jump, but double glide. <laughs> All right, I love it. I think I think that's I think that's enough said. Honestly, it's princess <laughs> with a double jump. What else do you need? <laughs> that's how, that's how you know that you're a princess. Yeah, if you can double jump, yeah. Then everyone go out and try it. It's how you'll know you're the chosen ro- royal, lost royal princess. 3 one movie. 
Okay, let's not go with that one. True Romance. Ooh, okay. Um, Gambit. Okay. <laughs> An art curator decides to seek revenge on his abusive boss by conning him into buying a fake Monet. Oh, so not the X-Man. But, but his plan requires the help of an eccentric and unpredictable Texas rodeo queen. Okay. Also, I thought it was going to be the X-Man. Mm-hmm. We did just have one about Louisiana. Yep. Uh, okay, True Romance Gambit. I mean, this could just be, just from the titles, it could be kind of like a, a fun like, um, con artist sort of movie slash, yep. I mean, movie slash game idea story. Yeah. Kind of a Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where there's like. Smash pair where they, they fall in love and then they go, go around conning, conning people. Yeah. And maybe you sort of find out that their relationship started when like he was trying to con her or something, but then they t- decided to team up. And at first it was. You know, they didn't like each other and then they fall in love and, and now that, and by the end of it, they are this amazing con artist team and they're teaching their kids how to con. <laughs> True <laughs> how to, romance. How to grift. <laughs> True grift, mance. Uh, okay. So, okay. Ha- yeah. How does this play out then? Ooh, I, I think, I think you are running a con as in. Mm. You you get all these other things that um, that sort of uh, hint at you know you you get little little bits and pieces as to um, oh I remember when when you did this to me and then you, you have a bit of a flashback yeah. sort of thing uh, okay weird idea well, I mean not totally weird but um, it might not work could this be like a bit of a collect like a bit of a card game like a collectible card game in a sense where you're sort okay. of playing, you're keeping some cards close to your chest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about the information and stuff. Um, but to convince someone, you're like playing information that you know about them that you've gotten from somewhere. And so it could be sort of, so it's not a full on like slay the spire sort of thing or anything like that. It's more about, it's almost just a representation of your knowledge and your ability to fool people. Okay. But you can kind of, maybe you can sort of gamify it a little bit by like powering up the cards in some way by talking to more people about it or by gathering the information in different ways. I kind of like that idea rather than it being like a deck builder where you where you actually. Yeah, I, I think know, that's too. It's, it's more of a random, it's more no. of a random sort of um, kind of like, oh, what was that? What was that spell? Like that wizard fighting game that. You had to build up the spells and all that sort of stuff. The that board wasn't game. Really, yeah, the board game. Yeah. Epic epic spell wizards of the something. Yeah. Yeah. Um I like the idea of, you know, there's different things that you can you can use to enhance enhance your mm. your con, but it's all just random stuff that you've you've picked up. You know, you pick up three things from the enhancements and That's you know, cool. I do like that the, idea. Um, and and Taking from that almost that you have to have like you choose a starting point and then you can choose like the turn or something and then you choose the the prestige <laughs> or the reveal you know, or, yeah. or whatever it is. That's cool. 
Yeah, uh, like I, I certainly wasn't going for the true deck builder because I think that's too systematic for uh, what is more of a story-based game. But I do like, yeah, I like the idea of it just as a representation of, yeah, your knowledge and your skill and building, yeah, building these different card combinations. Yeah, in, um, in the um, in in the planning stage, you're almost going. This is what it's going to be. This is what this is what um where we go next and yeah. this is the reason why we're doing it and then this is this is our ultimate goal and then you get to play out that scenario yeah and yeah it's and then it, that could add a- some random elements in the stuff and and some choices on on how you play out on how those play out in the conversation choices again i can see this as a perfect opportunity for storylets which is one of our favorite things because, yeah maybe you know um it it can literally be have you have you d- have you done this before? Mm. You know, um, this story can come up because of, you know, this, this card has been played. Yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, which- definitely. Um, and it, it almost adds another layer to it then where each card is almost a, a, a piece of a storylet. Story You're almost constructing storylets from smaller atomic pieces. Yep. Constructing your own storylets. And so it's like, okay, this one, these are the cards I've got available to me, and those are only available to you because of the previous stories you've played. And then you, you plan out your beginning, middle, and end. That's but cool, also yeah. they, they can they can feed into again, like because you've conned someone in the last town, like they may now because of that story lit and because you've now got this type of con that you're trying to do. Yeah, it, you know they happen to. <clears throat> have a family member in this town that that comes in and well and it may limit your options then as well like yeah if you've done this type of con and and it ended badly you can't you can't start that type of con here again or you have to like play a storylet essentially or build a storylet that ends up with you changing your look or changing your name or like becoming more incognito and less known in that area or something mm. Oh, I like cool. that. I really feel like you and me need to build some sort of like systemized game using story. story. <laughs> yeah, like some sort of systemized story game where yeah, we use some we use storylets of some sort to really actually feel how feel out how these would play uh, how they yep. would play out because in our heads it definitely feels like oh, like it's just such a natural thing to be able to have these what end up being infinitely branching stories then. But then, like, I feel like someone must have... Why hasn't anyone done it then if it's that easy? <laughs> I'm not saying it would well, be I can't easy wait to for, build, I can't but- wait for Dead Static Drive because they've got storylets. Right, yeah, they've within- used that, yes. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that goes. I think and that's finally due out this year, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I don't know when this year. It's going to be sometime. It's going to be on Game Pass. <laughs> cool. <gonna> buy it. <laughs> Let's go with one, one quick one quick one, yeah. Um, kind of similar to how we've done each of these ones. I reckon we just take the name and we mash them together and Sure. That's... Yeah. So you go first. Okay. Wild Target. The Express. Okay. So I see the Express as sort of like a train sort of thing. Yeah, okay. Is this an on rail shooter? Yep. Wild Target sort of Says to me, jungle. Mm, interesting. Wild, oh, I wild see. Jungle. Wild. Yep. Okay. An on the rail shooter, train, 
in a jungle. You, that yeah. Actually, <laughs> that's something that I've never, never sort of heard of before. And I can't yeah, like. Yeah. So, like a time <laughs> crisis style shooter sort of thing. Are you mm-hmm. shooting animals then? <laughs> Who are the bad guys? Or is it a hunting game? <laughs> I, I think, I think this, this train has been overrun by, you know, kind of, um, similar to bullet train or something okay. like that. Like it's. I was, I was picturing you shooting out the windows of the train, but yeah, I guess it makes sense to be going through the train as well. Yeah. While it's, while it's traveling through the jungle and you're looking at and you're seeing, you know, branches of you branches, big, huge and- trees going past and it goes over a massive bridge over a river. And yeah, that's cool. Um, how can we bring in some interesting elements to what, what is time crisis not done that um, we could bring in? I feel like it's got to be VR because, oh, because yeah, this yeah. sort of shooter just works so, you know, so well in VR. Although there haven't been many that have done it. Like not in this style, not in the kind of on rails forwarding the story, just and you do the shooting sort of thing. Yeah. I don't understand why they haven't, but I suppose there's, there is a reason as to maybe they just don't like the, the movement mechanics yeah. in between. But even then, you could still, like, teleport between specific locations or something. I think there have been some that do that sort of thing. I know we've talked about one before that, you know, it's sort of like a virtual cop, you know, time crisis. So time crisis sort of thing. The only problem is you have to physically hide behind the things, you know. That's- yeah, but I think that work- I think that's good. It becomes yep. one of the, you know, it becomes a game that people do for exercise, <laughs> to, to exercise their core. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, I can only go up and down. But that's why we also have some poles. Well, that's that it. I think, I think you'd actually, and- rather than Time Crisis where you're ducking up and down mostly, I think you'd actually mostly do side-to-side uh, cover. Yep. Uh, yeah, looking around corners and stuff and have some cool, have those great, um, uh, which time crisis was it? Or no, it's, I think it was, uh, it had a slightly different name, but it had really cool, like destruction mechanics and stuff on all of the scenery. That's kind of cool. I'd love to see that in a, in a VR game, you know, matrix style as well. Just plaster shattering around you as you're hiding behind a a thing and then you duck out and take shots. Well, that's kind of fun. Cool. I think. I can I can see that working really quite well. Let's um call Let's call it the call show's the dead. Yeah. Time of death. Thirty, <laughs> Time of 30 death. minutes odd. Um, <laughs> Thirty four forty six. <laughs> well, a little bit we cut out. Uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. Well, if you'd like to find the rest of our episodes online, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm and check them out. If you like the song that we play in the start of end of each episode, that song is called Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I kind of wanted to watch this wild target. It has Emily Blunt and Rupert Grint. <laughs> oh, wow. In 2010. <laughs>